The sponsor for the Fruitful and Fearless and the Shepherd's Crook podcast for the month of February is the Banner of Truth Trust. The Banner is a Christian organization which publishes books, organizes conferences, and publishes a monthly magazine. The objective of the Banner of Truth is the promotion, advancement, and dissemination of better knowledge and understanding of the history and the doctrines of the true biblical Christian faith. We seek to inform, encourage, strengthen, and equip ordinary Christians and have a particular concern for ministers and pastors and those training for ministry. We also seek to produce material that's evangelistic and in God's providence may be used as a means to bring people to repentance and faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. For more information about the banner, you can go to thebanneroftruth.org and find out more about their history and their mission. Also, there's a giveaway going on for the month of February of the complete works of John Bunyan. You can find the link to that in the show notes. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. We have something very exciting and I feel kind of awkward, honestly. <laughs> Our husbands are on here today. Woo! Yay! Which makes me feel yeah. very weird. I, Brian said, yeah. Jared's yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad that this is an audio podcast. Because I know. We, we've got to put video or at least a picture in the show notes of, of Brian's face. I mean, it's crucial. It's, <laughs> it's a very long mustache. It's amazing. Oh, man. Um. So yeah, Lexi and I have, we have a little running log on Lexi's phone that anytime we come up with an idea for a podcast, we just box each other and like, hey, add this to the list. And so we've had this mm-hmm. one on the list for a while, but I think we've both just been a little too nervous to talk about it by ourselves. Yeah. yeah question real quick. I'm sorry sure. for butting in already. <laughs> this is going to keep happening, guys. Can we do an icebreaker? Is there like yeah, we're ice? going to. We're oh. totally going to. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Carry so on. we've been, we've been wanting to talk about discipline of our children and how the wife plays a crucial role in disciplining the children and Mm -hmm. how that plays into the qualifications of our husbands um, in ministry. So we thought that we would invite our husbands on here today to talk about this with us and make it a little less nerve wracking as we talk about (laughs) our children and other people's children and all that. So thank you guys for coming on today. You're very welcome. Yeah. No problem. Okay, Lexi, you want to do icebreaker it up? Sure, 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 sure. Are we into the one we talked about earlier? Uh, either one or both. We can do okay. both. Okay. Well, I had one for just the guys because I wanted to know you and I are always talking about what books we're reading, but I wanted to see if the guys would be willing to share one in addition to the discipline question we had. Mm. I, I want to so hear the, the quickly, five books that Brian's reading right now. <laughs> you know, I have so many fewer books this year since my goal is not a reading goal, but I am reading uh, the mission of God by Joe Boot, and it is phenomenal. I'd recommend it to everybody. Nice. Okay. I'm reading Boone right now. It's a kind of a, uh, Ooh, that looks so good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been very good. It's, it's been about a, I'm two weeks in now. And it's, but he did have a nightmare about Indians and being tortured. Yeah, I did have a <laughs> oh, no. nightmare. It was like a murder tor- torture dream. It was pretty bizarre. <laughs> but it's a book about Daniel Boone. I'm reading that. And I'm also reading the biography of the autobiography of J.C. Ryle, which is 
that by Banner Tree. And so they're two good books. Cool. Thanks for sharing those. Okay, and then my icebreaker was, since we're talking about discipline today, I thought it might be helpful and kind of fun to talk about what our biggest challenges are right now with our kids and their ages. What are our biggest discipline challenges that we're going through? And how are we, how are we managing them? Mm, that's a good question. Wait, is this for us? That's the guys for you guys, again? yeah. Okay, Brian, you gotta go first. <laughs> go for it, Brian, you answer. Brian's oh, okay. I think right now, if you've ever read Ecclesiastes 7.16, where Solomon says, be not overly righteous, <laughs> my kids are really struggling with that. <laughs> They've been too good, so we've been trying. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> That's not true at all. Um, it's still fussiness. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, fussiness is tough. It, we, let's run run back what just happened in practice like okay let's let me tell you to do something but don't fuss this time and so far i mean over 10 years i think maybe it'll it'll work <laughs> i hope so i hope the flailing on the ground once a week can you guys hear us <laughs> we, we can hear you can you hear us <laughs> can you hear us we okay lost them oh no can you hear us check one two we're here voxer and teller were there are you here? Can you hear us? Check one, two. Check, check. One, two. Can you hear us? Hey, hello. Don't disconnect yet. Wait. There we go. Oh. Well. Can you hear us? Mm-hmm. Okay. We're back. Okay. Yeah, we can. Okay. Okay, so with the fussiness, the way you guys are managing it, are you literally just like, okay, let's try it again? Is that how you're kind of correcting yeah. behaviors? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, like discipline, whether it's a spanking or whatever the discipline is, and then let's run that back and try to do it without fussing. Yeah, cool. We're dealing with eating right now. Our children don't want to eat. Meal time. Well, they want to eat. Yeah. They when, just don't want to eat at mealtime. Yeah, on their terms and what they want Can you still hear me, Bray? Okay. So that's perpetually right now our difficulty yeah, meal is mealtimes and being able to mm. know the difference between – uh, the battle to fight with our sons. If, you know, our sons aren't wanting to eat, they're sitting there and we are sitting with them and making them take three bites. <laughs> if you take three bites and then, you know, there's negotiation that happens and then spankings that happen. And it's just difficult to know how to navigate in a consistent way, getting them to eat foods that they don't want to eat. <laughs> Lexi yeah. and I have been talking about this for like a year, I feel like, <laughs> and, and, and our kids have came leaps and bounds, but um, I think for us, we're trying to more like deal with the heart behind it and like making sure we come to our meals with gratitude rather than mm -hmm. um, yeah. selfishness, honestly, and considering others more significant that like mom cooked this meal for us, so mm -hmm. we're show respect mm -hmm. to mom and um, so yeah, those They're are our big... And, and they're not allowed to say yucky or if yeah, there's something gross. they don't like, they say, this is not my favorite thing instead of <laughs> yeah. mocking the food or Valor. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying names here, but our uh, child that's not to be named will go <laughs> blah. He'll go blah, yucky blah. <laughs> and we're training that out of him. So we want, yeah. To, yeah, that's we want to speak oh, as honoring as we can to Jordan about the food that was prepared. So, yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> anyways, those are our big family disciplinary issues at the moment. So, 
Uh, but anyway, um, we wanted you guys to be here today as we talk about this to um, kind of just encourage the wives that may be listening of like um, how they can be a support to their husbands and how big of a um, help that this is whenever, their, hus- whenever yeah. their wives are on the same page taking discipline seriously with their children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we had talked about how this and hospitality are the two biggest qualifications that we are helping our husbands with a lot of the other stuff. It's your own character, (laughs) but these ones specifically, we are helps to you guys that that we can put Mm. up huge roadblocks in hospitality and in discipline if um, we're not cautious. So I'll read first Timothy three, one through five real quick. Go for it. The saying is trust trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must be able to manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? Hmm. So how do you guys take this qualification seriously how have you seen it not taken seriously and how can we um encourage our listeners to you know see this as you know god's word to us as families and seeing your family you know as your first flock yeah 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 i think that one of the one of the issues i I imagine that a lot of the listeners are probably smaller churches younger churches um and it can be just so easy as a pastor to get desperate for help mm-hmm. like to get yep. for more elders, like more qualified men that you, you begin to lower the bar and not take the home seriously. And so, I mean, we've noticed at, at, at our, as an elder team at our church that um, the more seriously we take that Titus, or, well, yeah, Titus 1.6 that his children are believers that are faithful and uh, they're not open to the charge of insubordination. First Timothy three, four and five, that the fruit he bears at home just is going to be the fruit he bears in the mm-hmm. church. The more seriously we take that, the, the more likely we are going to get a man who's not just worthy of imitation, but replication that we could say to everybody in the church, we want you to be a dad the way this man is a dad and a husband the way this man is a husband. But yeah, smaller churches, it can just be, and, and when you're starting out, it's so tempting to lower that bar, I think, to get help quicker. Yeah, it's insightful. It's absolutely the case. So the, the micro and the macro, what's going on within the home will end up mm-hmm. revealing itself within the church. It's just a matter of time. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if there's mi- mismanagement it, with the family, there's going to be mismanagement with the church. And so it's just, it's a one-to-one. Mm-hmm. And so that training yeah. ground for effective ministry, you know, the, the, the training ground for a pastor is not the local church outside of his home. It's the local church inside of his home. And mm-hmm. so yeah, that's, that's where, good. that's where the man gets trained in evangelism. It's where he gets trained mm-hmm. in discipleship. And that's where both husband and wife spend a bulk of their time with evangelism and discipleship until your children are grown. If you, God gives you kids, then that's, mm-hmm. that's your priority and mm-hmm. the center of ministry. And so that, you know, is so crucial when I I've seen as pastors and that's the, the cliche about a PK is mm-hmm. yeah, children who have been neglected by pastors. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> given their life to sheep outside of their home. 
and then children, you know, grow up hating them for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've seen it time and again. Yeah. That, that's one of the things that I wrote down yeah. that I wanted to talk about was um, yep. <clears throat> not seeing outside priorities as something more yeah. important than your priorities in the house. And there was a chapter in True Companion, which is one of the books I thought was really helpful on this, um, that I'll read. It's on the chapter called The Congregation at Home. It says, so don't muddle your priorities. Don't be distracted by ministry opportunities in the church. Of course, we could extend ourselves to, should extend ourselves to the families in the church, but not at the expense of our mm-hmm. children. Not that I'm saying that kids should rule the roost. Of course not. But if the kids are not doing well, then the family's not doing well. And then the ministry yeah. is really not qualified. Mm-hmm. So um, for yes. me, just real practically, that looks like me guarding my schedule because I know that discipline is going to be taking a lot of time, especially when my kids are little throughout mm-hmm. our day. Um, so just making sure that we're not so busy that I am like not taking the extra five minutes to confront a disciplinary situation that needs to happen if I'm just like okay hurry up put your coats on stop hitting your brother and let's go but I actually (laughs) I actually orient my schedule around the fact that discipline is important and the way our home is managed is important and me being home with the kids carrying out this while Jared's away at work is affecting how our family runs and how our church runs and that there's huge things happening and just the little okay I'm going to take five minutes to actually deal with this discipline that needs Mm -hmm. to happen. Yeah. So you're saying you actually like build padded time into your schedule, your day-to-day schedule? Um, I'm saying that whenever I schedule out our weeks, Jared and I sit down on Sundays and like with our planners and talk about the week, I intentionally don't plan a bunch of things and don't overcommit mm-hmm. myself to things outside the home because I know right now that between yeah. schoolwork, housework, making food and discipline, that's kind of my whole entire day, to be honest. Yeah. Like yeah, I, wanna, so I definitely want to be generous with our home and our time and be mm-hmm. hospitable and stuff like that. But I'm not overextending myself to where I feel like these lower priorities are taking up the time that I would be spending being intentional with discipline. Mm-hmm. If yeah, that, I don't good. know if that makes sense or not, but yeah. I, yeah. I just, I told Lexi um, that I started recognizing the weeks that were busier. Everybody's behavior was way worse. And it's like, okay, what's going, what's the correlation here? And it was me um, being too busy to actually stop and take the time to go and talk Mm. to the kid with a bad attitude rather than just being like, get your shoes on and let's go with our bad attitude. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah. I can kind of be the opposite where I get really busy at home because I am more introverted. I have lots of things I want to do here, even if some of those happen to be overflow into women's ministry. Um, So I was even just telling Brian last week, I think that I have to be aware of either not taking on too many like fun cooking projects projects or even cooking for other people. I just have to be really present when I'm home because I think sometimes you can think you're present just because you're home with your kids all day, but you're really not. So Yeah. yeah. That's hard for me. (laughs) Taking the time to really like look into their hearts and, Mm -hmm. and see like through behaviors, what's going on. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm reading death by living right now. And um, there was a portion on there where he talks about like, okay, the problems of a two-year-old are going to just be bigger problems as a five-year-old if we don't, if we don't deal with them now. So I think that's another thing with discipline for us. Like we, we try pretty hard to not excuse behaviors because of age. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And just because a one or a two-year-old is a one or a two-year-old with a bad behavior, that doesn't mean that they should just 
get away with it in a sense. But mm-hmm. we, yeah. have, with both of our kids, started discipline really early um, with yeah. the hope that, um, by God's grace, as they're older, there'll be a lot less disciplinary actions that are needed because of that. Yeah. I think that w- another, like, we're, we're talking a lot about the, the just the long game that is raising and disciplining kids and building a house. Mm-hmm. And it can be so easy to get a, a really good vision for a household, like a man or a woman, a husband or a wife can get a really good vision for a productive, fruitful household. And they can grab onto really good texts in scripture, like Proverbs 31 and elsewhere. And uh, both the husband and wife get really passionate about, we want our, our household to be productive. And so we're going to, we're going to have a, the garden and we're going to do education a certain way. And we're going to do food a certain way. And those are all good things. But if your expectation is in three weeks, our household is going to be productive <laughs> the way that people who have been at this for three decades yeah, and have yeah. believing grandkids, mm-hmm. it's like, you're just setting yourself up for, for crushing failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so like realistic goals and timelines human to, to where the people don't become obstacles to your vision for a productive yes. household. Yes. The people yeah. are the household. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's really important. Yes, that is really important. And it reminds well, me. Well, even and Jordan and I were talking about earlier, just oh. even having, oh, sorry, <laughs> there's a lag. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So you and I, Jordan, were even talking about, because Brian's talking about unrealistic expectations in the household. We were even talking about realistic expectations for just what children are like in general too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Yeah, kids are like, some people will have kids with different temperaments even, mm-hmm. and they'll be quick to judge uh, parents of children with, with maybe wilder temperaments. Or, you know, we need to have grace for each other for sure with, with the, the plate that God's given us and the, the blessings that God has given. <laughs> each mm-hmm. of us are going to be different. Yeah, we, we've had ministry experience with friends of ours who have had some children that they, you know, they just struggled. And when I was a child... Mm-hmm. I struggled. I struggled with school. I struggled with attentiveness. I was getting in trouble all of the all the time. And mm. everyone thought he would end up in prison. Everybody thought I'd end up in prison. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh. I, I was the case study uh, for my mother. People would come up and ask my mother, "Hey, would you talk to us because we have a problem child and we want to have that, that, that not they can that you, make it. not that he and, was like bad. He was just wild. Yeah. And I, I think that is crucial here of of making sure that we don't build a, a, a godly family is not a Stepford family. Yes. A uh-huh. godly family right. yep. is not a plastic yep. family that dresses a certain way, speaks a certain way. You know, legalism can look like holiness and it'd be rotten mm-hmm. from the inside out. Yep. Yeah. And so yeah. what we want to make sure is that we're not living to please others while keeping in mind, we mm-hmm. do want, you know, there, there's socially acceptable behavior that we want to raise our children <laughs> up in and right. aware of, but we're wanting to honor God in our family and we're not our primary focus in other words is not trying to build a reputation for having a squeaky clean family and it's so easy for the waters to get muddled with discipline into Mm -hmm. okay am i am i trying to get my kids to act a certain way because i want people to think that i'm doing a good job in parenting or am i wanting my kids to act a certain way because i want them to ultimately learn to obey me to obey God um and is obedience the goal here and honoring God the goal here or is it my own 
you know, parenting skills being shown off. So I, mm. I tried to like keep a watch on that because whenever we're going places, we'll, we'll do the little like, okay, we're going here. This is what we expect. Yeah. You know, we expect you guys to have this <laughs> kind of behavior here. This is what's allowed here. This is what isn't allowed. Um, and in my mind, I always am like checking myself. Okay. Why am I doing this? Because mm. it's easy yeah, to be like, okay, I want, I want people to be impressed by our parenting or something. Right. Um, mm. So I think that's important too, to just keep a watch on your own heart as we're, as we're disciplining and instructing our children of why we're doing it and reminding ourselves that we want to honor God Yeah, is why good. we're doing it. Um, okay. Can I rewind for a second and make mm-hmm. a comment yeah. from like mm-hmm. four minutes ago? Mm-hmm. The, the frantic nature of, you know, Brian, you were talking about the smaller, smaller church, a pastor who's just longing for help. A lot of times that, mm-hmm. that, that kind of pastor can be living a frantic existence in the church world. So he's just it's mm. frantic everywhere he goes. There's always, he feels like there's always fires to put out. He feels like mm. he's always running from the hospital to the nursing home, to the house, to all over the place. Just frantic. It's a frantic existence, yeah. not, not under control. And then the wife often will model that as well, where the home life is just frantic. It's just one place to another. Uh, and it's always yes. in a hurry. You're just, mm-hmm. you're, you're never able to be where you're at because you're just always in a hurry to get there and get back and get out to the next thing. And that, that existence, that managing your household well, and the way the wife postures herself, herself as well, just the family unit as a whole, that end up, it ends up again in time replicating within the church where mm-hmm. it's not a peaceful existence in the church life. It's a frantic existence. Yeah. And so, you know, making sure that your schedule, you, you may think, well, if I'm not discipling this many women, and if I'm not at this many church outings, well, then the church is going to suffer. But in time, what's going to end up being replicated mm-hmm. is sustainable living that's godly, that's not, that's not um, yeah. dictated by everyone else. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, healthy. Yeah. And that's what we want. Yeah. On our, I, I don't know if we called it priorities or vocations or whatever we called that. Yeah. Um, There's an analogy. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's fine. I was just saying that we talked a little bit that, about that on our priorities episode and just like, putting, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're overlapping each other, but, yeah, um, but just putting our, um, you know, Christian mother, wife, uh, Christian wife, mother, putting our priorities in the order and then like, dictating what we're doing based on that. Anyways, Brian, go on with your analogy. Oh, you're good. You're good. There was an analogy that came to mind because right now I'm baking a fussy French pastry. Uh, (laughs) That's a, along with my fussy French mustache. So it's a, it's a laminated dough. And it's kind of like you think culturally about the reason that people stopped using yeast and they started using like baking powder and baking soda, quick leavening agents, because we're, we're just so frustrated with anything that takes time. But like Jared, you were saying in the church disciple, and this is true of for not just pastors. This is true for the, you know, the normal churchmen. This is true for wives and mothers. Uh, your, your discipling of others is going to be slow and it's going to happen in small scales usually mm-hmm. for most of it. So, I mean, much more effective to take the time to make one solid disciple or three solid disciples who happen to be your children mm-hmm. than to try and disciple 40 people effectively at the same time. And you're doing that in faith that the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman hid in three measures of flour until it was all leaven. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the, the yeast cells divide one by one and that becomes a powerful thing. 
as it gets exponential, but it's still one at a time. And, and people want, like we've, it's e so easy to make platforms now that we almost, a lot of us, I think, have the temptation to want to build the platform first mm. and then the family that, you know, supports the platform instead of yeah. like a lot of the authors and pastors that I really like and respect didn't start a lot of public ministry outside of their churches and things until they were 20 years into parenting. Yeah. And, and that's not the only way, but I think there's, there's a temptation there to avoid. Yeah. 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 I think so too. Uh, real practically then, um, what are some ways Lexi that you try to, I don't even know how to word this exactly. Try to like carry out while Brian's away discipline that you guys have like established together. Do you guys talk about like expectations of your kids or have you had conversations like that? Has that happened really naturally? Um, I don't think naturally necessarily. I mean, I think a few years ago when we got our hands on, um, at that time it was just a question and answer video series by Doug and Nancy Wilson. Mm, yeah. Um, what's it called? What's Why it called? Children Matter. Yeah. Why children matter. It's on, I've never read the book, but I love the video series and it's on Vimeo. But, um, I think once we both realized that parenting was more of a skill that we can grow in, we started communicating about it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so I guess, and for us through that video series, we kind of realized we needed to pare things down, especially for me, because I'm the one that's home all day. I'm, I have, ask Brian, I have constant decision fatigue, I feel like. <laughs> so yeah. just having like a simple, um, these are the three things mommy and daddy have agreed upon in regards to what you'll be disciplined over has been really, really, really helpful. Um, I think we've always been good at communicating about it, but really starting to try and, and grow and thrive in it as a skill has probably been the last like two to three years, I'd say. So, yeah. um, yeah. And it helps me just be consistent with what I know. I'm constantly asking Brian what he thinks about certain things or I'll call him during the day. Um, he's not on Voxer yet. I really wish he was on Voxer, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but he has to work. So, um, but yeah, is that kind of what you were asking, yeah. like wondering about? Yeah. We're, I feel like we're pretty similar. Um, we watched that same series and it was really helpful for us too. And then also two books that completely changed my paradigm on mothering was fit to burst and loving the little years by Rachel Jankovic. Yes. And so good. I love them both so much and they're just super motivating and practical and down to earth and just make made sense to me. And, um, one of the things she talks about in there is just sitting down with her husband and just asking him questions like what, and I did that with you yeah. um, after I read those. And it was really helpful because we, we had actually, we'd had kids for a few years at that point. So we had been parenting for a while, but we'd never just sat down and talked practically about like expectations for our children, expectations for even holidays and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it, mm -hmm. it, I feel like just having that intentional conversation can be really helpful for yeah. a wife in um, understanding expectations and having just like some marching orders if you will if you'll put it that way of yeah. just what to be carrying out while our husbands are at work well I yeah, think very it's, helpful you know in talking about the priorities that you guys have worked through and you know I think it was about five vocations or that episode that was called. Mm -hmm. but it's freeing I think for a I hope it's freeing for you <laughs> I hope so um, but it is for me to think through the guys that I'm discipling at church and 
the people I evangelize or I tell, tell people about Jesus. When I was filling out monthly reports for my North American Mission Board uh, month-to-month reports, I would be asked, who have you shared the gospel with and who are you deciding mm. Those kinds of questions. And it's really freeing to know that every night or every day when I talk to my sons about Jesus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that there is that I am evangelizing right there. Like I'm yeah. evangelizing the lost. Yeah. And I'm when Ransom becomes a Christian and when Valor becomes a Christian, I'll be discipling those those two. Mm-hmm. And Jordan and I discipling one another and me uh, me leading her and serving her is a great freedom to know that I'm not neglecting the church when I'm mm-hmm evangelizing my, my children. Yeah. And I, yeah, hope that that that's, I hope that that's replicated with Jordan as well for her to feel the significance of her impact. Yeah. And that's just, it can mm-hmm. be freeing. And there's maybe just a listener out there now or ladies like, man, I just, that's just freedom. I mean, mm-hmm. you're evangelizing if you're telling your kids about Jesus and when they become Christians, you are discipling people within the church when you are disciplining mm-hmm. them. That's such mm-hmm. a godly and holy yeah. thing. Yeah. And there's another section in that true companion too, where she talks about like how, a wife feeling like I have little kids at home, you know, how, how on earth am I going to do all these churchly duties? And she's simply mm. like, don't try, <laughs> like, <laughs> like do specifically what you know God is calling you to do in front of you with your husband, with your children, with your home, like work hard on that mm-hmm. and don't feel guilt because you're not doing X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know, with, with discipline yeah. too, for you guys, how, how serious is fun? in your home, like just joy, like real joy. And it seems like you guys have a good time just from looking at your, you know, Instagram and just seeing your guys's life. And I know that last year building your house, Brian was pretty, uh, you know, pretty intense for you guys as family, but, um, joy, I think with, with discipline and joy of making the environment in the home that that's, I think that's crucial as well Mm -hmm. because you also want your people in the church over time. You want it to Mm -hmm. be a joyful community. Mm-hmm. And if yes. that, that, mic, that, that micro, that, that discipline transfers at ma- home management, but included mo- home management, I would, I would think would be also a joyful community. Mm-hmm. And for you guys, how serious, I'm just curious, what, what do you do to take the pulse on your family? You know, just with happiness, are they having a good time living life? Oh, bummer. Are you there? Can you hear me now? I'm here. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. here. Okay. Oh, that, so that, that's a really good question. And I think that it's super key, super key. And it's so easy to forget it when you're in the midst of systems and like structures because structures don't laugh or smile, but they're still important. Yeah. But it's easy to lose that. So even, even just with, I've noticed this with one of our, with one of our kids that if, if in the, the process of discipline, I don't do something intentional to interrupt the like sadness and grief with lightening it and getting him to smile and laugh that it can just, if I don't, it can just continue to cycle down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But that, that actually is so effective. I wish I would have realized that two years ago because Mm -hmm. it's so effective at just interrupting. I mean, you can change the attitude of a house in five minutes if, two parents mm. decide that they're going to grit their teeth and smile and be happy and laugh, you know, <laughs> and, right. yeah, and enjoy right. life. Yeah. <laughs> grit your teeth and enjoy life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a discipline sometimes, but mm, yeah, it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's true. 
Yeah, it kind of reminds me of um, Missy Winkler always says that she she likes to use her break weeks from homeschool in order to make sure her kids are still human. And if mm. if if during those break weeks her kids are um, building Legos and in tents and reading books, she knows she's educating them well. But if all they're doing is asking for screen time or complaining about being bored, she knows there's something wrong going on in their education. And I think that's kind of at least for me, I kind of think about that. Like, what what are my kids? what does the time look like? Is the bulk of the time spent complaining, which sometimes it honestly is, and that's something we need to work on, or is the bulk of the time spent being creative with their siblings, you know, out in the yard doing things together, or is it just relational struggle? I think that helps me to see, okay, maybe I need to work on the discipline of joy right now more than the discipline of, say, correcting the fuzziness constantly. Does that make sense? Yeah, Mm -hmm, yeah, I think that's helpful. Um, did you want to ask Brian about this? Well, I was going to ask Brian about the, so uh, Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3, the children are believers or children are faithful. And I think Doug Wilson wrote the book, Neglected Qualification of Children Are Believers. Is that correct? Are you still there, Brian? Gone. Brian? Check one, check one, two. Mustache, are you there? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Check one, two. Oh. oh, can you hear me now? There you go. Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, I was okay, going to ask. Okay, sorry, I, my headphone, yeah. That's all right, that's all right. Well, I was going to ask a question earlier about First Timothy 3 and Titus 1, but and we, yeah. can, we can edit this. It was a while ago, but um, but First Timothy 3, manage your household well. You got to keep your children submissive. Titus 1, children must be, uh, his children are believers, or um, the translation variant there is you know children must be faithful and people generally Mm -hmm. like to just immediately go right to that rather than children are believers yeah Mm -hmm. you mentioned that earlier yeah i think doug wilson wrote the book why uh, the the neglected qualification on that verse in titus one is that correct yeah um yes that's exactly right i would love to hear you comment on that i just love to hear your thoughts just as a learner sure that's that's an easy one to, to get really uh, like, what's the word divisive about, I think, um, and heated. But my take on that verse is that it's kind of difficult to imagine a category where Paul would consider the children of a believer faithful if they were excommunicated from the church. Mm-hmm. Mm, Does that make sense? Point. Yeah. So, um, I I think the simpler way of taking that verse is that Paul generally expects for the children of an elder to be Christians in good Uh standing in a, in a, a in a Orthodox church. Right. Um, Though though I'm not going to like put that at a hundred percent. I just think that it's the more likely take and that like all the qualifications we can, the law is uh, something that takes wisdom to apply when you're working through like first Timothy three, who couldn't be disqualified based on an absolutist take mm. on any of those qualifications. Right. Yeah. Good point. So yeah. if this I'm is first use the law here. evaluating. Yeah. Like Go we're going to evaluate elders with wisdom and take, take the time, but it is, man, if I think we should take great pause, if an elder's child is excommunicated or leaves the faith, or if his children, if you're evaluating a candidate, 
Um, because again, the principle of First Timothy 3, 4, and 5 is that the fruit he bears at home will be the fruit he bears in the church. And it's kind of like a Gnostic idea that you can separate the means mm-hmm. from, like some people will say, well, you're not in charge of election. Right. Well, sure, the secret will of God is not what we're talking about here. We're talking about God's means through parents. Mm-hmm. So let's not make it like, because the if you take that to its logical end, then what you're saying is that who cares what you do doesn't right. really matter because God's secret election. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, that's not really. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so, and I, go, go ahead, ahead Jared. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Okay. I think even as a Baptist, we can we can say and stand with Presbyterian brothers and sisters and say that it's a great grace of God that our children, and I want to say this as humbly as I can, but it's, it's really a gracious thing that God has given Jordan and I kids. And my kids are mm-hmm. blessed because they hear the gospel regularly mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. gathering around with a group of people who love and cherish God's word. And they're exposed to, and my full expectation, full expectation is that they're going to become Christians at an early age and that they're going yeah. to follow the Lord all the days of their life. I don't have yeah. any other expectation yeah. in my mind. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, in any way concerned about election and the secret will of God. I am fully confident my kids are going to know and follow Jesus all the day. And, and we can't, clearly we can't determine that. But my goodness, I expect it based on God giving mm-hmm. me children and telling me to raise them in the discipline of the Lord. I'm expecting they're going to know him and follow him. Yeah, something um, Brian was mentioning earlier, which I think kind of goes with this qualification. At least we've seen that when people struggle with that qualification, it, it seems like there's an idolatry of ministry there. Mm, yeah. So, um, Brian, you had a few things that you did want to say about that. Yeah. Can you hear me? My headphones are being weird. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah, it's important to remember that being a uh, not being a pastor anymore isn't the worst thing that can happen to you on earth mm-hmm. and that it's actually uh it will lead to great frustration and very very bad fruit if you put ministry as this idol in the center of your identity mm-hmm. that if one of my children were to walk away from the faith that like I would suffer an existential crisis by going and working for UPS, yeah. you know, and coming home. It, it, that's just such a, that's really a low view of ministry because you're, anytime you idolize something, you're, you're really lowering it from mm. its true purpose. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you're so scared of taking Titus one six, the <laughs> that your children should be believers. Um, I, I would, I would really want to kind of dig into that and say, what's your motivation? Is it really an exegetical argument or are you, do you have a mortal fear of losing the office? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. And I, I think that families should love their children so much that a dad would be eager to step down if his mm-hmm. parents, needed him for a season and it shouldn't be Mm -hmm. a great loss of this vocation of ministry that like oh my gosh I gotta step down but have you guys heard the story have you guys heard the story of James Dobson I was gonna say the same story okay (laughs) well I just he I think wasn't his dad like a traveling evangelist yes yeah he was a traveling evangelist and his I don't know if he had other siblings or not but he was really struggling as a child and his mom was kind of at her wits end and the dad took it seriously enough that he literally came home off the road and Mm -hmm. quit 
traveling for a long period of time because he knew that if, if he didn't get little James in shape, there was no reason he should be out on the road as an evangelist. Yeah, that's good. And, and so there is focus on the family and that's where the, the name mm-hmm. came from. And it's interesting that, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Dr. James Dobson's father lost a significant uh, mm. itinerant ministry that he never regained the same sort of ministry he had before when he quit. And praise God, he got so much more fruit by that yeah. decision than anything that he yeah he did before. Uh, such a cool gospel picture. Wow. Yes. That's cool. That is good. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And you know what else? I think if you take that qualification seriously from the beginning and you take it seriously when your kids are young and maybe still not professing communicate members mm. of the church, um, <laughs> then you're much more likely to do the long plowing farming work and not neglect them and, and think like not I'm, I'm farming my ground at home because I don't want to lose my ministry. That's just more idolatry. Mm. Right. But, <laughs> but I, I really want to set my life up in such a way that insofar as it's up to me, um, I'm going to do everything I can to minister, evangelize, disciple, raise my children up in the paideia of the Lord, see them conform to Christ for all of their life in from their education to their uh, socialization, to their friendships, to the, uh, to their church involvement, like you're much less likely to end up dealing with a crisis when your kids are 17. If 17 years ago, you made that mm. determination, you're yeah. going to shape your life around continuing qualification rather than yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do as much as I can right now when they're young in ministry, like yeah. fast and far. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. And, and I tell you what, it's just about the, Ability to, so Robert Murray Machane said that a man is who he is on his knee before the Lord. He is nothing more, nothing less. There, there is the man. And when a man is secure in his identity and a woman is secure in their identity and that I'm, I'm the Lord's and I'm, I'm wanting to live my life by the grace of God to please him. And I'm going to love whom he's given me to love. There's great freedom just to say, I I really love my children. I really love Mm. my family. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to great joy invest in them all the days of my life and trust that God's going to, you know, he's going to work. He's going to do what I cannot do. There's just, there's freedom in that. I don't have to impress Mm -hmm. anybody. I don't have to, as a pastor, go out and even, you know, the temptation, you know, Brian, uh, you know, you may have experienced this with some of your writing, or I don't know, but even with the Shepherd's Crook or now the Fruit Bunkers podcast, ladies, we, you know, as we do these things, we have to check our heart. What What are we doing this? Yeah. Time? You know, what's, yep. what's yep. the motive? And mm-hmm. anytime we put something out in public, what is the motive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the moment that that's twisted, and admittedly, there are times in my heart that it's twisted where it's, I, I you know, I want it to be recognized or I want it to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And then the tension there of that. But there's just great freedom in the area of family when you when you're certain Mm -hmm. this is what God's called me to do: fight for our family, Uh love them well, serve them well. That's what I'm going to do, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Right, you guys got anything else? Um, I do have a question because this isn't this isn't hypothetical. This was a real pastor's wife that I that asked me this once. Um, She her husband was a lead pastor, and um, her kids were just she had several children and they were just running her ragged basically. And she had, I had talked to her about this qualification and I didn't really know where her husband stood on the issue, but she said she had actually told her husband that, you know, several times had 
was really desperate, was really struggling, needed him to step up a little more in the discipline. And he told her over and over again, you're just blowing this out of proportion. You're just blowing this out of proportion, just blowing it out of proportion. So what would, this was an actual person. What would you guys encourage a pastor's wife like that to do? I would tell her to go to the elders. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. And tell yeah, them the situation. True. And uh, she is, you know, her husband is the head of the household. She is also a church member as well. And so if that pastor is a godly man, if their husband is a godly man, then his wife should have the freedom to bring a charge to the elders. And uh, yeah. my wife has the freedom. She, she, I mean, we've never really talked about this, but I'm telling you right now, you have <laughs> the freedom I mean. to go and talk to the elders uh, if yeah. I need to be talked to. And that's, I mean, I would tell her just talk to her elders. Absolutely. And this is like, that's, that's direct to the, to the lady. Encourage her all the normal things, pray, respect your husband, you know, be, be submissive towards him joyfully. But that doesn't mean that you're not charged to be his, his actual helper. So definitely don't be scared to do that. We even, I mean, at, at refuge, we yearly, and we've been doing this, we've been making this more intense every year. Um, yeah, by the way, listeners, this was not somebody at refuge. <laughs> yeah. This was not a church that's a good member. It honestly wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, it's, we've been asking the elders and the wife to basically fill out this like elder qualification review um, where the elder's wife will fill it out. And it's very in-depth. It's very detailed. It asks really hard questions. And uh, even to the point of like, hey, you've done this review. Um, did anything come up in this review that you guys should have talked about long ago and it shouldn't have taken this review to mm. get into it? Like, it's so helpful to build into your life, um, reviews like that. So it doesn't have to become a crisis. You can have mm -hmm. maintenance work instead of like, okay, now we need to take this thing into the shop because it's not really running anymore. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's so helpful because then nobody feels like they're having to like attack to begin the conversation. It's just, yes. Oh, we have these conversations. This is normal. Mm -hmm. It's very good. And by the way, can you shoot that document I our way? Say, I would love to see. Oh yeah, it. absolutely. I'll send Lexi's answers. For, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll but post those on it's, Instagram. It's, this is so crucial though. And this conversation is, I'm, I'm glad you ladies are having it because it is possible for if, if the husband and wife in, if a pastor and his wife are not on the same page, the mm -hmm. mismanagement of the home that it, it is disqualifying and again mm -hmm. it shouldn't be the end of the world but wives yeah. need to know that they have a huge part and not just their family but again how that home is managed is going to be replicated mm -hmm. within, within the church and so the influence mm -hmm. of the pastor's wife's home mm -hmm. again fast forward decades down the road that's going to have impact on the culture of the church and so if mm -hmm. you yeah. take that seriously and there is not unity in the home, well, then there's going to end up in time being a lot of discord. And so mm -hmm. ladies who are listening, I mean, take it, husbands and wives, be unified. I mean, get a, get a unified mm -hmm. vision of what is biblical parenting and go for it. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. Anything else? Cool. Guys? I'm good. This I don't is think fun. so. Yeah. This, yeah. And thanks I'm for letting us crash the podcast. This was awesome. Yeah, thank thank you, you guys. Come back anytime. I love okay. it. And thanks for being good dads and husbands. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right. Thanks Glory for listening, to the everybody. And we'll see you next time.
Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. This show is a part of the ministry of the Shepherd's Crook. The Shepherd's Crook exists to remind pastors of Jesus through care, coaching, resources, and events. We have also started the Shepherd's Crook for Wives. Jordan and Lexi are contributing articles to the site, and you can find all the information at theshepherdscrook.co.